The subject of the evening talk is space and needs. In looking at, in a general way, at the, to, the degree, to the degree that our society has evolved itself, we see that much of the changes which have taken place, the important significant changes which have taken place, have taken place coming out of an awareness of unfairness, an awareness of injustice, an awareness of something being wrong, and that awareness has brought about an action and with much frequency in our history that action has taken in some way or other the form of struggle and conflict. And there seems to be an ongoing process or dynamic in, in our society towards, as I mentioned, more greater fairness and equality towards the adequate representation of people's views and ideas and perceptions and feelings, an ongoing struggle to make them known, to make them apparent in order that change can come about. And it's been all too often the case in history where people have been in a state of power, position and privilege in all the forms that it takes that there has been a very direct unwillingness to change that position, that the pleasure, in fact, which accompanies a particular position is so strong, so absorbing for the, for the mind, that there is the unwillingness to change the state of affairs. And so, as a result, people in the state of denial, people in the state of being actively discriminated against in a state of underprivilege have come to awareness of that and that awareness has brought about an, an ensuing struggle, conflict. And we see that this is taking place in many areas of the world and it continues to take place of course in our own world, in our society. Within that process of differences, active obvious social uh, differences, we have noticed that the same is taking place to some degree or, or other in the family life, in personal relationships, in the relationships between men and women. There's an ongoing process taking place in which there is a, a thrust, one might say, towards a genuine sense of equality in, in all fields, in all areas. And this movement to, to, take, to make this happen is bringing about, fairly obviously, bringing about a definite move away from the old fixed model. And many of us have been brought up through our parents with a, a fixed model of relationship, of personal relationship. And with that, through a, a system which established for the 
to individuals concerned a certain particular role. And this role, by and large, was very much largely adhered to throughout the whole course of life. A woman in one particular role and function, the male primarily in another one, there was a kind of common consent to this, a particular form of social agree agreement about it, particular emphasis within the institutions of the state and the church to maintain a set way of relating, of living, with accompanying it to a lifelong expectation that this criteria was adhered to through the whole course of one's life. Set role, set position, set functions, and maintained until death do us part. And many of us were brought up to some degree or other with that as a primary reference point with all the ensuing limitations that can accompany that kind of for format, one might say, for living. As we've seen in the last generations or two, in last 10 or, or 15 years, something of a revolution taking place away from that fixed format of role and model to an exploration in which one has different values, looks in a different way from what has been prescribed to us. And it's not surprising, therefore, that in, that in the movement away from the old, it is such that there's no obvious form of measure or criteria. If you no longer believe, as I do, that, that marriages are made in heaven, if you think, well, this is... Somebody's... <laughs> I have to be careful what I say sometimes. <laughs> If you think this is a personal view of an, an opinion of the Pope or somebody else um, and feel that mar a marriage, that two people being together with or without the social contract, depending on your preferences, <laughs> that if you see the relationship between two people as something which is different from the model that we have come to uh, sorry, the model which has been prescribed to us, then it doesn't leave us with a particular framework. And so, as I mentioned, there's an exploration which is taking place, and not surprisingly, relationships, marriages, couples, face in their life, in this present time that you and I are living in, much difficulty. And we see that of often very much self-evident in our own particular relationships and we see it as a somewhat self-evident fact in the world which is around us. And in that re respect, it doesn't seem to make much difference whether one's a meditator or otherwise. Still, marriages and relationships tend to be frequently under risk for all the variety of causes and conditions which make a relationship under risk. In, in that, 
when looking at some of the dynamics of difficulty within relationship and, they, and that can be approached obviously from countless number of angles and aspects. One of the things which I notice both in my own relationship and notice from the sheer frequency of contact and discussion with people, people on retreats and out of retreats about relationships, one of the things which keeps arising again and again is somehow or other finding the balance, I mean to put it, putting it in a nutshell, between space and needs. And when there's a, a conflict or tension or some kind of ensuing struggle which is taking place, rather succinctly, it's not always of course, comes down to this as the crux in which one person may wish to have more space in their life to explore this, to do that, to develop this, and the other person feels more needs, more needs in terms of more energy into the relationship, more affection, more communication, more being together. And so sometimes the difficulties in relationship get polarized between one and the other. And of course, when that polarization becomes such a gap and a yawning gap, there is a tendency for the relationship to be under stress. And from un being under stress, it becomes under real threat. Now, what our s social freedom has done, fairly obviously in this way, it has taken down some of the social norms and pressures which would normally keep a relationship together, or have done in generations past, through thick and thin. When one has an underlying criteria, criteria staying in a relationship is good, ending a relationship is bad, is a failure, there's a strong social pressure for us to maintain something through thick and thin. The social norms of our time have, to quite some degree or other, taken that away from us. That people don't look, an increasing number of people don't look so, long, so much in that way. And so, an ending of a relationship or a divorce is more and more seen today as, okay, it finished, it was over, it ended. And less of a, a, a judgmental attitude about it, less of a, a social stigma. And it's certainly, a gen two generations ago, it really was. She's a divorcee, you know. Not our thinking has changed radically since that time, from that judgmental kind of attitude. So, but when the social norm is taken away, of course, the question which arises in one's mind is, why should I pursue this? Why should I keep working with my relationship? I don't have to put up with this. And so on the one side, there's our social freedoms in relationship to space and needs and the capacity to change. And there's, and there's the other which has to be looked at, of course, is the willingness to work with what's happening. What's actually happening in our relationship? 
what's actually going on in our marriage, what's happening between the two of us who are living together and have been living together for this amount of time. What is my relationship to that with regard to space and needs? In looking in that area and working to find some, some kind of balance in, in that area, of course, it's the dynamic of relationship is ver very much one, and sometimes this is between um, man and woman, sometimes it's between parent and child, of course, it's a, it's a, a very similar dynamic in many respects, that within the process of what is happening between two people, it's as though at times it's necessary, and this is often where the diffi real difficulty is, it's necessary, as it were, to leapfrog over one's own personal position in order to see as clearly and as freely and as objectively as possible the place where the other is coming from. And that, within the field of relationship, is one of the most difficult things to be able to do. That the frequency of contact, the day-to-day, night-to-night contact, the constant and understandably intimacy of feelings and interconnectedness and being touched again and again, while bringing a certain closeness for us, also at times, touches places where the subjective feeling itself just arises. There's a contact, it's repetition, the subjective feeling itself is the one which keeps coming into consciousness with a certain flurry sometimes of thoughts which arise with it and transcending that, going beyond that to a view of where is she, where is he, what's his needs, what's, what's the space that she's looking for. And, and going beyond that to see that clearly, sometimes, particularly where there's tension or difficulty or misunderstanding, just comes very momentarily, very momentarily sufficiently enough that one forgets oneself. Now in looking and seeing that, seeing in that, that way, it also has its own limitations. Because some people have the tendency to agree 
to everything that he or she wants, tend to take, this is very, we have to see for ourselves here, tend to take a very passive kind of role, a kind of self-sacrificing role, and when that's operating on the day-to-day -day level, one's own needs tend to get neglected. So we have to look and to see and to ask ourselves in our relationship, in our relationship with others, with close ones, with loved ones, what kind of place inside of ourselves do we tend to come from most frequently? Is it the one of ignoring one's own needs in life and, and, and refusing, so to speak, to listen to them, often meaning taking a very passive role within the field of relationship, and all that's implied in that, wanting to be approved of, wanting to gain the acknowledgement of others, so always agreeing to the other person? Or is it one where we find ourselves constantly engaged in a state of self-interest? Why doesn't she, why doesn't he listen to me? Why can't he or she or they sometimes, the children, hear what I, my, what I want? So bringing ourselves to more, more awareness can consider things in terms of sp space and needs. And it seems so often that if one or the other is being neglected by us or an, there is an imbalance, it so easily creates difficulty and confusion. Let me, let me look at it a little, a little bit more. One of the things which becomes apparent with parenting, and then see this, um, particularly because it's sometimes not possible to make really dramatic changes in the role structure, and particularly with young children, that all too often, by the way that society is is formed, we as men find ourselves being still the primary money earner, that the mother is still primarily, though there may be a great deal more sharing taking place, the one who spends primarily the number of hours with maximum, more number of hours with the child while the man is at work, there's still that as a um, basic uh, premise. And one sees too that as a child begins to grow, and this is often more noticeable characteristic I noticed in my conversation with women, that there comes a time, and sometimes that time is directly connected with the time of growth of the child, in which being a parent, or being a mother, or be, being the householder itself is not adequately fulfilling. And there is the need there, they express, or yearning for 
greater space. And what happens for so many parents, sometimes mother, sometimes father, is that there's insufficient opportunity in one's life for a fulfilling outlet. I just want to say with the talks, because it's hard to... Um, <laughs> Bit of, it's a bit of a job to keep a flow going when um, there are several of us giving the evening talk. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one is any more important than the other. <laughs> Perhaps I'd have to try to work it out some other way. That as a child grows, with that, and given the world that we have live in, living in, given the education that we have, there comes about with it a greater yearning often to find activities which are also fulfilling besides being a parent and running a home. And when, that, when there is that yearning to explore fresh areas of life or go, go return to ones which are familiar, it means that within the relationship, one person wishing to find more activity, is looking for more space. More time and space to be able to facilitate some fresh direction in life. And for the other person who already may well have that, and as men we often have that much more than what we realize, it means that there may well have to be a change within our own personal relationship. Change in the kind of way the relationship has evolved from the onset of the birth process. I mean, there are few, and they're very, very few. Very, very, so very few, I can almost count them on one hand. Where the two people concerned have made a complete turnaround in their relationship. And I noticed on my uh, trip, uh, recent trip to uh, last year, that is, to uh, Scandinavia, to, to Sweden, it's much more predominant. And some of the um, very progressive movements uh, in this area certainly take place in, in Sweden, where a growing number of people make a complete turnaround in the relationship, that the man becomes the house parent, and the woman, particularly after uh, the breastfeeding period is over, takes over the income. And that that I would say, generally speaking, that complete reverse of role still tends to be something very unusual. And one of, the, one of the reasons which make it difficult, certainly in England and probably here in the States, and somewhat unlike Sweden, is that when that role is, is change about is made with the infrequency that uh, goes with it, it often means a definite lowering of income. And some are unwilling to actually make that kind of change difficult as it may be. 
in this making this when the individual and the person is searching for more space sometimes the finding of the balance of what that what that means when one person is making the thrust for for space for greater creative activity or nourishing activity it may well mean that for the partner who's involved that there's the practice and meditation practice comes in here the medi- the practice of letting go of cutting one's time or making changes in one's life and in one's activities in order that the partner can find the space and the time to do that which is appropriate and necessary for her for him so there's this constant exp- take excuse me this this constant constant expression which is taking place between finding the balance and sometimes when that means that one wishes to do more the other in whatever his activity or her activity is it means doing less particularly when there are children in this area of the space working with space and and needs and the recognition of that one of the areas which comes up sometimes very much directly related to that and sometimes uh, more indirectly is where one per- partner in the relationship and this i noticed um tends to go back and forth as it were there are periods of time where one partner in the relationship has st- specifically stronger needs in terms of the communication together the being together the expression of affection and warmth spending time together and the other partner that isn't such a central theme in one's living situation and as i mentioned so easily it can go back in periods of time between one one and the other and again both have to be recognized both factors have to be addressed and what seems rather important in this area of communication is the capacity again to go back to the transcending of oneself or one's personal uh issue and viewpoint within the relationship to be more clear as though one was a therapist or one was in a detached position in some way or other to be able to hear more clearly what the other person is saying within the context of their relationship and as i say that the personal factor tends to get easily to get in the way of that objectivity you're in a relationship you're living with the person at times the person expresses certain needs 
Sometimes one feels they're reasonable, sometimes one feels that they're unreasonable, but they're being expressed. Sometimes the way that they're being expressed is through frustration, anger, resentment, negativity, hostility, coming through, as it were, certain patterns of mind which make one respond in like or withdraw. And we experience uh, one or the other, generally predominantly. But still, no matter whether it comes through a loving, caring expression or whether it comes through more anger or resentment or fear, somewhere or other there is a need being expressed. And the need itself often comes down to a, a rather succinctly expressed need, though it may take the form of countless expressions. And our willingness and our capacity to hear what the basic message which is coming across is being said is what hopefully we can find ways to respond to. It's, it's the hardest of all when it comes across with anger. Sure. The anger itself seems so rejecting of ourselves that it presses our own buttons. It either produces the like, more anger and tension, or we withdraw. So the other person takes one step forward, we take one step back. So this, this coming to find ways and, and means to, in, a, in relationship, to support each other is one which takes into consideration the finding of this balance between the space and the needs. And through that there can be, hopefully and possibly, a certain uh, evolution within the context of a relationship so that the listening still occurs. And I think as we all find in the continuity of our relationship, when it comes to the, the, the core factor, listening becomes a, the, a heart element of it. The degree that we can listen in, inwardly the degree that we can listen to the person that we're communicating with. In this area of, of space and need, also I f feel that within the actual home where one lives, also can be a reflection of that kind of direction. And what I, what, I, what I mean by that is that home life, the physical realities, the actual possessions, the actual things which one has in one's home, there is a tendency for us to too easily and too frequently to accumulate. And though we may subscribe spiritually to a non-materialistic uh, society, a society which is 
based on awareness rather than based on possession, which is based on being rather than on, than on having, very easily, given the input that goes through our senses, the very space in our home gradually tends to get consumed with things. And when, the, when things in our home are consumed, you know, when, the, when our house is consumed with variety of different things, all of that also creates out of ourselves more time to keep the house clean, more preoccupation, more organization, more looking after, etc., etc. And so sometimes, for some people, there is that's a strong need to have order and cleanliness and precision and form within the home. But it can be, take up so much time, particularly when there's so much in the household already, it tends to have easily an undermining effect on the quality of time two people or a family have with each other. And I feel that there's a, a, a practical issue there involved that in our relationship to our homes, to have in our homes what's useful. Not useful just meaning functional, but useful that which says something, which expresses something, whether it's in plants or whether it's in uh, artwork and whether it's in the possessions that we have in any of our rooms, but which says something for itself. And it's not something which is superfluous. And in that, in our own home, creating for ourselves a greater, a greater sense of space. And that a greater sense of space, and particularly like in the Japanese uh, culture, as one of the cultures where there's a real intuitive and rather beautiful feeling for this, it also, that sense of space within the home, creates order. But not the order which is imposed, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, but the order which comes through the appropriate application of form with space. And that can contribute in a small but rather direct way in one's home towards a sense of balance and harmony. And sometimes it's useful and appropriate just to go through one's home, for a family to go through their home and to say once in a while, do we need this? Do we really want this? I once went to a, fr a friend of my, a friend of mine, her mother's house. I was just staying there the, the weekend, and uh, she, she said, oh, "We can put your clothes, your, your your bag in the cupboard here." The mother said, and I opened up the wardrobe. Sixteen pairs of shoes fell on top of me. Can you imagine somebody with sixteen pairs of shoes? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I've got 60 <laughs> pairs of shoes. But how easy the accumulations of things ar arise, and with that, life becomes too much focused in that area. And as I say, the, this, the use of uh, practical discrimination, finding more space in one's home, so that there's a balance of form and space, and that itself 
contributes to an organic kind of harmony. So in our, in our re relationship to our home life, to our family, family life, just seeing and perhaps even discussing in, in some of the meetings here and, and people between themselves, just discussing in the relationship to one's activities, what's the space, outer space in one's home? Does one have a sense and a feeling and an appreciation for that? What, 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 what are the needs? Are there needs within one's relationship which are going unspoken? Are there needs which are going spoken and yet not being heard? How can there be ways and means to find some balance and harmony within, within that communication? And, and that requires, as I say, this flexibility and moving back and forth to find that harmony because it's sometimes the reality of things, maybe economic reality or parental reality or um, social reality or whatever, may be such that some, that some of the needs which one has, some of the aspirations, the things which one would like to follow through, that at the present time it's simply not possible. that given the circumstances, it's not possible to flow through with, with some kind of, uh, let us call it creativity or service or whatever, into this world in the way that one would like. And it's rather important that one is able to hear that and realize and acknowledge that in oneself, because if one doesn't, and that need is going either expressed or unexpressed, it very easily produces resentment in the relationship. You're doing something because you feel, because I feel, I have to be doing it. But really, I'd rather be somewhere else doing something else. But I'm stopped from doing it. And I don't like being stopped. And out comes the anger, out comes the negativity, out comes the, res the resentment. So in our, in our relationship to life, in our relationship to, to what we do, just as with our meditation practice, seeing our focus, seeing our energy, seeing our interest, and seeing when we move away from, and what that means. And all of that is, comes under the area, really, of a general exploration and discussion. And one of the things which is repeated in that exploration and discussion is that particularly in parenting, as many of us know, trying to find time to quietly discuss and look at these things and, and come to an understanding often isn't easy at all. And so hopefully there'll be for all of us during these days that we're here together some time and, and opportunity to do give some thought, to give some reflection, to have some meeting, to see 
where one is within the context of these kind of situations which are so frequent and common in the field of relationship. And as I mentioned, most noticeably and characteristically between couple, but rather similarly I notice, particularly as children begin to grow up, the same kind of finding of the balance between one's needs and the, and the child's needs. The space important for oneself and the space which is important for the child. And in this rather a similar way, the same thing has to be addressed. And it's that, that corresponding work of inward and outer listening which makes balance and harmony possible. And perhaps it's in balance and harmony that, in fact, we find the greatest space and the real inner needs can find their own fulfillment. May all beings see into relationship. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings live with love. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.